This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the fortress of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the cape podcasters this is a show that puts your superheroes in jello yeah uh assistant to the regional superhero that's it that's, that's the one <laughs> we're talking super today super 2010 super written and directed by the james gunn jimmy gunn jimmy gunn yeah that's a really good name i thought so pew 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 do you think he does that? Do you think he did that growing up like all the time, or is that more of a Sean Gunn thing? I could definitely see Sean Gunn doing it, yeah. but probably both of them. Man. They seem to be the two closest of the Gunn siblings. There's more guns? Oh, there's like six of them. That's too many. Uh, it's, it's way too many. A six-shooter of kids? Hey, hey, I didn't actually count. It might not be six. Uh, You never saw this thing? No, this is my first time. And? and it's a weird one. It's I'm still one of the weirdest ones. digesting it. I don't know how I feel about it. It's a day later, and I have not stopped thinking about this movie, and I've seen it once before, and it was a while back. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of sitting with me in a weird place. What do you mean sitting with you in a weird place? It's a weird movie, and I don't know how I feel about it yet. Still just trying to sort your way through it? Yeah. That's pretty fair, I think, for this one. Taking it all a piece at a time. It is starring Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Dwight Trude himself. Of office fame. Uh, you got Ellen Page. Yep. You got a ton of people actually in this thing there's a bunch you have michael of rooker with hair with hair very weird with, with the fro like the cory matthews fro it is a cory matthews it looks like someone just sprinkled pubes on his head that's what that is i mean that's generous <laughs> is it <laughs> <laughs> you got live tyler you sure do as live tyler as ever nathan Fillion pops up in this thing rob sure zombies does. in this thing yeah linda cardellini's in it for a hot second very hot very second. And then the person who probably explains this movie the best is in it, Lloyd Kaufman, Mr. Troma himself. Lloyd Kaufman, how does he describe this movie? Uh, this thing is a modern trauma movie in my mind. I think that's fair. I, that makes a lot of sense. This movie's a lot of different things, but what what is this thing about? Well, I have the simple description here. As spoken by Andre Royo's character Hamilton in the movie, this crazy motherfucker dressed like Superman is whacking people with a pipe wrench all over the city. Yep, sums it up. That's pretty Completely much the whole sums movie. it up. I could go into more depth, though. Uh, a little bit. Just okay. A tiny bit of a deeper dive. Rain Wilson is a mild-mannered paper salesman in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Dwight Schrute. Hold on. I'll give you some some music to set the tone. Do 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 do. <laughs> Frank Darbo is a fry cook who has two perfect moments in his life: his marriage to Sarah, played by Liv Tyler, Betty Ross from The Hulk. Yeah, it's in the same universe, right? Yeah, sure, why not? Nope. And the one time he assisted a police officer. Those were his moments. He colored them with crayons, put them on the wall. Slapped them up. Because that's what you do. Yep. Sarah ends up leaving Frank for Jacques, who's played by Sean from Nerdy Thursday. I mean, uh, the guy from Footloose. Kevin Bacon. That guy. Yeah. He tells Frank that he makes good eggs. Frank tries to get Jack arrested for kidnapping, but Detective Felker isn't an idiot and realizes that Frank's wife left him. So Frank watches The Holy Avenger on TV a thinly-veiled parody of Bible Man portrayed by Nathan Fillion, who you may know from his guest appearance on everything that's aired since 1993. That's actually very fair. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Nathan Fillion. Yeah, he's he's a wonderful, wonderful human yeah, being. Yeah, yeah. Great jawline. He has a jaw. Yeah, it's a great jawline. Okay. I feel like it changes a lot. 
What does that mean? I just, I How just do you like change a jawline? Obviously, wait. Roger Ebert managed to do it, but that's because of <laughs> cancer. But I'm talking Nathan Fillion and that, well, that cut jaw. Yeah, most of the time. All right. Sometimes You got he, no respect for the jaw. Sometimes he puts on a little weight and the jaw becomes not so defined. It's still under there, man. Oh, okay. It's still there. I know we were talking under jaw. <laughs> Frank also flips past some tentacle porn, begging the question, what kind of cable package does this guy have? He goes to confront Jacques and steal his wife back, but he gets beat up by Yondu, Craglin, and some other Ravager. I mean, Abe, Toby, and Quill. That night while praying, Frank is visited by the Holy Avenger himself, a tentacle monster, and the finger of God. So naturally, he decides to become a superhero. He gets his literal brain fingered. Yep. It's weird. It's super weird. It's so odd. Uh, that's like the moment of the movie where you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, no, that's the moment I, I sat up and went, is this supposed to be like artsy or just weird for the sake of being weird? And then I reminded myself, he's got a trauma background. James Gunn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, weird to be weird. Really? You got to do it to be weird. <laughs> so Frank goes to the local comic book shop where we meet Libby. Frank buys a back issue of the Holy Avenger and creates his own superhero, the Crimson Bolt. He tries to stop a drug dealer but gets beat up. So he goes back to the comic book shop to ask Libby, Ellen Page, uh, about the non-powered superheroes. He chooses a wrench as his weapon and starts extracting his vigilante vengeance by beating the fuck out of people with this wrench yeah it is violent yeah it's pretty intense yeah it's not even one of those like movie violent things where i mean you know they're clearly missing yeah they leaned in they leaned in hard and rain wilson has this look on his face the whole time of just sheer joy which makes it just a little bit extra weird i didn't even take it as joy i took it as almost like he's so indifferent to it of like he thinks that he's doing the absolute right thing. Oh yeah. Thing. Well, no. I mean, there are certain scenes where he's got a giant grin on his face while he's bashing people with a wrench. Okay. So it's hard to say. Mm, we'll talk about it. Okay. He follows a strung up Sarah and henchman Abe, played by uh, Michael Rooker, pubehead, back to Jacques' mansion where he angrily smashes a window. The henchmen recognize him and start shooting at him. He catches a bullet to the leg and goes to Libby's for help, revealing his identity to her. She's super stoked. And wants to be his kid sidekick, Bolty. Yep. Uh, I'm going to have to leave the room in a minute because this movie takes a weird turn. Very weird. Uh, most uncomfortable moment that we've ever talked about on the show? Yeah, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> it's coming. I'm just giving everyone a warning because it's, it's- Very uncomfortable. Graphic and uncomfortable and it elicits emotions. Therefore, it does its job as a scene? I suppose. Doesn't help that they keep referring to her as a- kid sidekick before it. She says she's 22. Yep, she does say that. Detective Felgner figures out the Crimson Bolt's identity and goes to apprehend Frank, but he's hiding at Libby's. So Jacques' henchmen mistake Detective Felgner for Frank and kill him. Yeah, and it's a Brad Pitt burn after reading type of way too. Yeah. Where you just do not see this thing coming. No. Caught me by surprise. I appreciated it. As soon as he was at the house, I figured something bad was going to happen to him. Fair enough. What I didn't expect was that there would be no further following that plot line at all. Nope. End. The next day, while waiting for a crime, Bolty gets bored and tells Frank about a guy who allegedly keyed her friend's car. Allegedly. Yeah, it's Matt Sarenson from Friday Night Lights. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What is he, six? Is that his number? I don't remember. It's uh, been a while since I saw it. It was weird watching him call someone bro, though, because that's not what Matt Sarenson would do. <laughs> I don't know. He's in a Taylor Swift video, too. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> what a weird career. He's had a very weird <laughs> career. Uh, they brutally assault him, and Frank has to keep Libby from killing him. And he decides maybe he shouldn't have a sidekick. Yeah. But whilst filling up his gas tank, Jacques' henchman sees him and they chase him. 
When it appears all hope is lost for the Crimson Bolt, Bolty rams Frank's car into Toby, saving him. Yeah, it takes away those legs. Yeah, poor Sean Gunn. Yeah! <laughs> well, it would make it easier for him to play Rocket in the future. Uh, Yeah, made him shorter, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> when they get back to Libby's apartment, she comes on to Frank, but he denies her advances as he's a married man. Got the ring on the whole time, too. Yep. Uh, cue a gun store montage, pipe bomb building sequence, and news footage of public opinion of the Crimson Bolt turning favorable due to his victims all being criminals in some As capacity. all these movies do. Of course. Every one of them. That night. <sighs> Hold on. I need another drink if we're going to talk about this. That's fair. Feel dirty, dirty. Alrighty. Pour it down here. Let me just. Okay. Drinks are poured. Carry on. That night, Libby wakes Frank and dances erotically and suggests that the Crimson Bolt isn't married. So long as they're their superhero personas, it's not infidelity. Frank disagrees. Yeah. yeah. But Libby rapes him anyway. Yeah, Libby Libby rapes him. It's very graphic. It's appropriate. I just poured two fingers of this because uh, she went two fingers on herself. She did. And called herself gushy. Gushy was a word that was used, and I was uncomfortable. Yeah. Dirty, dirty. Dirty, dirty. Dirty, dirty. And we're going to talk about that. More? Cool. Yes. Uh, un- we have to, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. So. Uh, afterwards, Frank throws up in the toilet. Yep. And the pieces of his vomit form his wife's face. It's a weird movie. Told you that already. He decides it's time to get real. Yeah. Because of face vomit. Sure. When vomit talks to you, you need to make a decision about your life. Yeah, that's that's probably rock bottom. Uh, probably. Probably. When, when, your, when your wife's face <laughs> talks to you and your vomit after you've been raped by a much younger woman. Yeah. The Crimson Bolt and Bolty, armed to the teeth and sporting bulletproof vests, storm the mansion, killing several guards until they themselves are shot. Frank discovers that Libby was shot in the face. Bulletproof vest isn't going to do a whole lot against that. Uh, now, you said that she got shot in the face. Yeah. Half her fucking head is missing. That's, that's right. Half that's of... a little more than in the face. Well, I mean, her face was a big part of that yeah but so is the the back of the head yeah and the rest of the yeah, yeah, yeah. half her head's gone the left hemisphere she, she of her head half her head <laughs> so frank goes into a rage and kills the rest of the henchmen at the compound yep Jacques, who i like how how frank thinks his name is jock yeah well we'll talk about frank <laughs> Jacques <laughs> offers frank his wife back to leave in peace but it's a double cross and he shoots frank and tells them that they aren't so different Frank gains the upper hand and mercilessly stabs Jacques to death right in front of Sarah. Yep. Fun. Yes. Sarah comes home with Frank and gets clean, stays for a few months out of obligation, but ultimately leaves again. She returns to school, gets a degree, helping others deal with addiction. Stays clean. Remarries, has four children who send Uncle Frank cards and drawings, and basically lives happily ever after. Frank has a pet bunny and a wall full of new crayon-colored <laughs> memories. He looks at a drawing of Libby, and a single tear runs down his cheek. End. Finn. That's you know what that's the right word for it mm. is Finn. Mm-hmm. It's a weird movie. It's a very weird movie. It's a very and you don't want to know what. Got to remind everyone. You picked this. Yeah. You listeners chose this movie. It makes me think. Did you want us to have a challenge or did we do something wrong? Yeah. What did I? What What did we do to hurt you? Green Lantern's a pretty good movie. That's oh, that's it. There it is. We that might it. be it. Yep. Is this this can't be the payback for that. The payback for that's going to come. Oh, it's going to be come probably on. in a couple Swift weeks. I have a, hard, I have a feeling yeah. it's in a couple weeks. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. Judging by the way things are going right now in the voting. I think a good place to start would be, why did James Gunn do this? Yeah, that's probably the best place to start. Apparently, he was writing this thing for forever. 
Really? I think I think he started writing it in like 2002 or something like that. Oh, wow. two years after he did the specials. Right. And he has this odd fascination with superheroes and kind of breaking them down in a way, kind of like in an Alan Moore way of how you want to take sure. a superhero and break it down to kind of what is it. Right. And I feel like this is a really good exploration of that. Yeah, he definitely does like a deep dive on what it means or or even what's flawed about superheroes. What's flawed about Frank? That he's really not that much better than the villains he's going after. I would say he is much, much worse than the villains he's going after. Yeah. But he has like this sense that he's doing the right thing. Yeah. And that I feel like is interesting because in a lot of superhero movies that we see, it's a lot of people who think they're doing the right thing. Right. And again, we talked about that with like Daredevil. Yeah. How Daredevil, he's just a shitty lawyer in that movie. <laughs> I'm not talking about the comic, I'm talking about the movie. Right. He's a shitty lawyer who didn't want to use the logic justice system. and the justice system in order to get him off. So he says, you're innocent? <laughs> Not tonight, well, motherfucker. I'll come kill you. I'll come kill you in a subway <laughs> Throw station. you in front of the F train. Exactly. Yeah. But here, Frank, his wife leaves him and he can't really get that through his head. Yeah. What's going on with Frank? Uh, they say he's a very intense person in this movie. He's very intense. And he's extremely intense. He doesn't start off intense, though. He doesn't. He becomes intense. I think that once... No, I think once Sarah goes, he's intense and he just keeps the foot down on the gas the entire time after that yeah which is okay that's kind of what annoys me about rain wilson in this movie that there's there's no moments of he doesn't let up he doesn't let up it's go 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 it's go 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 and there's no charm behind the character at all it's almost like that's true you don't even have an anti-hero you have like an you even, have anti-characters even defendor had charm it had a little bit of charm and i know this movie gets compared to defendor a a lot ton and kick ass and kick ass a ton these three movies are always like, oh, it's a superhero without superpowers. I'm like, yeah, yep. you guys ever hear Batman? It, I mean, <laughs> even in the scene where that. he's like, I need to, I need to pick a weapon. Tell me about these superheroes without powers. And she goes through the list. She's Batman, Iron Man, kind of, but not really. She freaks out when she says oh, Captain, Captain America. America. <laughs> no, wait, put it down. He's a super soldier. Hawkeye. Yeah, I want to know what is going on in Frank's head, though. We don't ever figure that out i mean he just wants his wife back but at the same time he god's wants finger to, it is god's finger just god's really going to town on that medulla oblongata we know exactly what's in his head we see his whole brain we see his brain they peel back his scalp they it's, they what do they yeah. they squirt it with something and then roll it and then yeah it's oh, very they're sanitizing it so when god touches it he doesn't get oh that's actually funny then that's that's pretty funny but it's very slither like that was the movie he did before this. right right that's his first his directorial debut right because he wrote the specials he, he wrote the it. specials he wrote couple Scooby-Doo's. Sure. As you do. As you do. I don't know. I can't figure out Rain Wilson's character in this thing. And it annoyed me the whole way through. I just could not figure him out. He's tough to nail down. Because uh, I don't want to believe that he's, one he's note. just one note. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's, I just want my wife back. At the same time, I just what, want my what's wife Ellen back. Page in this movie? Because she's one note. She's a psychopath. She's nuts. She's completely nuts. She annoyed the crap out of me. Uh, yeah, but I've also never seen Ellen Page play a character like this, and it surprised me. Hard candy. I was like, hard candy. I've never seen hard candy. With Patrick Wilson, I believe, is in that. Of course. Yeah. Because I think. Yeah. Could look it up. As Ellen Page Lego Bruce Wayne would say, more it's worth range. a Google. <laughs> right. More range than I thought she had. She's a good actress. I always thought that, but this this was like totally different for me. Yeah. Ah, uh, I don't know. I didn't like her too much in this. I thought it was too much. But then was it? But then, because, right, because it's... Yeah, what's the tone of this movie? Maybe that's the part that's bothering I mean, Lloyd Kaufman's literally in it. Yeah. So... But Lloyd <laughs> Kaufman does the 
it's not even tongue in, in cheek, it's tongue through your cheek. Yeah. It's yeah. so deep. <laughs> and you see all the gu- blood and gore coming out of your face right. from the tongue coming out because right. that's trauma. Trauma. What is this thing? Because I thought the most fun part about this, mo- this movie was when you saw the Holy Avenger like on TV and those clips with James Gunn yes. as Demon's Will. And yeah. he's just, the tongue's flapping around Gene Simmons style. And he's having a ball. Oh, he's Everyone's having, so having a ball. Oh, of course, that. you can tell that everybody's having fun on this movie. Especially those scenes. Not but... Rain Wilson. I don't think so. I don't know. And I get that a lot of people want him to be Dwight Schrute all the time, no matter what, because it's a brilliant character. It's a great character, and he, he nails it. Was he the right casting choice? Well, the original casting choice, I don't know if you know this. I do know it. Oh, they wanted John C. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get my wife back. <laughs> I, got, I guess this wrench will work. <laughs> oh, just hit him in the head with a wrench. <laughs> And uh, Jacques was supposed to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, and he dropped out, or he didn't drop out. I feel, I think he was fired, wasn't he? Uh, it seemed like he was hesitant with like a week before they shot, and Gunn was like, nah, I can't deal with that. Kevin Bacon stepped in. So Kevin Bacon showed up. He's like, oh, I got to get more degrees out there. He's phenomenal. He's great. I love Kevin Bacon. He's, he's wonderful. He's, he's footloose. He's Sean from Ready Thursday. I worked with Kevin Bacon for a while on... Season two of The Following. Yeah. And you're not ever going to find a nicer human being. He's phenomenal. Really? Yeah. Nicer than me? Yeah. He makes you Bullshit. look like like a pile of trash cans. Like Frank Stacked Darbo. On top of each other? I don't know what Frank Darbo is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. You just want his wife back. But I feel like James Gunn purposely doesn't let you know any of these characters. I said they're anti-characters right, in a lot of ways. Right. They're all uh, magnifications of tropes to a point where you get uncomfortable. I think that's partially true because I also think that James Gunn is playing around with the audience a lot. And he's playing around with the subject matter to the point that he flips everything. Yeah. Because it's odd how you have a pretty reasonable villain. Like, he's a very down-to-earth right. guy of he's, just like, Hey, you make good eggs, man. I took your the wife. The brown eggs, yeah, right? I took your wife. I know I took your wife. Like, I'm right. sorry. Yeah. Don't I, don't touch my car I again. Get you are mad. You don't know. To, yeah, you clearly don't know who I am. Just don't touch my car again. And then he goes. He and touches and it and he goes. Pokes the. That's you know, not that's what I was not what talking I mean. about. And then he drives off, doesn't want to hurt the guy. Like, right. he doesn't. Right. He, he knows that he kind of. very reasonable. He knows he kind of fucked him over. Yeah. When he took his wife. Yeah. Until he gets put into a position where he has to do something. Right. But it's interesting how you have a reasonable villain versus an insane superhero. Right. It's a it's a it's, total flip. Yeah. Of the, and also, I think that's why the rape scene's so important. Well, that's also a, it's a total a huge one eighty on the sidekick character. It is. It totally is. And I think it's an important scene, as disturbing as it is. Right. And most reviews I read, that's the scene that stood out to them, and well, as I mean, it should be, it should be. It's insane. It's, it's only, completely insane. It's only one of three rapes in this movie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's crazy thinking about, like, as a white male, I mean, how you see a woman getting raped on screen. That happens all the time in movies. Right. And it's one of those where we don't even blink twice at it anymore because of how often it happens. But when you actually have a woman rape a guy, uh, it all of a really it's a whole thro- thing, it throws yeah. you off. Yeah. Like, psychologically, it's just so odd to see. Right. I'm still trying to figure out if I like this movie or not. It's it's tough. It is tough. It's long. It, it is feels long. long. It's an hour 36. It feels long. It's an hour 36, which should not feel long, but it does. Yeah. And I I don't know. It's supposed to be a comedy. 
A very dark comedy. It's extremely dark. <laughs> and, I, and it's no secret about that. It's like DC Universe comedy. No, because Shazam nailed it. That wasn't a dark comedy, though. It was shot at night. Because parts of it. I guess. That doesn't make it a dark <laughs> comedy, Dave. What did you think of James Gunn's directing in this thing? The general look of the movie, the acting in the movie, the tone, the pacing. Oh, the tone seemed to kind of be, it changed. And I don't know if it was intentional or not. Because it, it felt like it was going one way, and then it would switch up. And it would stay consistent once it switched, but it did switch tonally a couple mm-hmm. times. I liked a lot of it. I kind of like, I want to say in the middle there where he started introducing like the comic booky graphics and, and stuff. That's kind of Edgar wright E or... It was odd. It was an odd choice because you hadn't seen him choice. yet. And it was a lot like the Batman 66. Bam! Right. Zap! Right. Those type things pop up. It shows up yeah. that late in the movie. It It felt... It was jarring, but I didn't hate it. It was jarring is a good word for it. Yeah. It really throws you off, though. But then again, it's probably supposed to. Or maybe I just give James Gunn a lot of leeway. Maybe, maybe this is just like, hey, I made this movie. And everybody's like, oh, did you see the ch- crazy choices he made? Uh, maybe. Maybe. There's a lot of crazy choices. But I think that he's kind of playing off of Michelle Gondry. Okay. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yeah. Mind. Like, let me just kind of throw in a couple little mind fucks there. Right. Like to the, tell my story. The tentacles and the God's finger. Right. And the puke. The puke. The puke talking. You just get real weird for it. Weird yeah. For a second. For the sake of being weird. For the sake of being weird, but also maybe to make you question- His sanity? His sanity. I could see that. Not James Gunn, but yeah. Yeah, Frank. yeah. I think the thing that stood out to me most was the camera in this movie. It is never on sticks. No. Never once. It's all on the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, even in, in your- talking moments and stuff like that, that camera has that tiny little shake to it where you know that there's a human being holding it. Mm-hmm. It makes it feel like you're in the room. Right. I don't know. I always like whenever someone does that, where the camera can at least be free at that point. It's definitely a stylistic choice. I mean, that's- Oh, 100%. I mean, you don't... there's no secret about that. Right. I, I'd imagine that the $2.5 million budget on this thing <laughs> didn't really <laughs> help that. It's like, no, we can't afford tripods. <laughs> I know all these actors work for scale. Like, they made nothing. Oh, yeah. Uh, this movie made nothing. 422K. That's tough. Yeah, but I think it's doing pretty well in the, the aftermarket and stuff like that. Oh, it's definitely become something of a of a cult hit now. Well, I don't know if I'd say hit, but it has a cult following. I mean, you kind of want that cult following sometimes in order to make the money back, especially on something small budget. Like, yeah. I know with the movie Super Troopers, I only know this because when I was in film school, one of the producers from Broken Lizard ended up teaching a producing class for like a week. That's like a cool. guest professor, if you will. Yeah. That was in 2010? Sure. Something like that. And that was nine years after Super Troopers had come out. Right. They had just gotten into the black. Wow. Because of all the aftermarket and everything like that. Really? That's how, It's tough. That's it's tough to do it for independent crazy. movies. That's a lot, though. That's... Yeah. I wonder, though, if this movie's in the black yet. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I watched it for free on IFC Films' free trial. I watched it on Hulu. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, maybe. I mean, I'm sure they're making some money from Hulu, but probably not a whole lot. Probably not a whole lot. It's also on Showtime right now, so. Sure, sure. I feel like a lot of the hope of this movie was that Rain Wilson was enough of a pull from The Office that they'd be able to yeah. make bank on it, at least. Ironically. At least, yeah, and the cast is nuts. The oh, cast is great. It's a fantastic cast. Yeah. I almost feel like they would have been better off with John C. Riley, even though he didn't think, uh, James Gunn didn't think he had the star power to pull this. Sure. I mean, the only reason why it worked out was because Jenna Fisher. Right. Were they still married then? Or were they, they were still married. Okay. James Gunn and Jenna Fisher were still married then. 
And she gave the script to Rain Wilson and said, I think you'd be perfect for this. And then. And he was like, yeah. 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 Boom. And now he's in a movie. I don't know. I think that's a bold stretch for someone in the office to jump off and do something like this. Because it's such an odd choice. It it is a weird choice, but it's also, I mean, it's in line with the character, I think. Because you don't want a superhero type. And I think Rain Wilson is about as far away as you can get. I really would wish that they went like Will Ferrell for something like this. I haven't said that in a long time. But that would be a very fun choice. It's probably been what, like three weeks? Uh, Minimum, at least. (laughs) I think John C. Riley would have been brilliant in yeah, this. It's it's funny because all these office folk were diving off to do separate projects yeah. while still working on that show then. Because, I mean, Steve Carell was oh, yeah, huge yeah, everywhere. Point. John Krasinski was directing at this point. Yeah. He did, what, Leatherheads, was it, with George Clooney? Uh, or George Clooney direct that? Someone directed that. Somebody directed Someone it. Someone made it a football movie. It, yeah. And, and John Krasinski and was in it. Yeah. Football-like? I don't know. You like The Office, right? You're I an do. Office I fan. love The Office. How could you not? How, how could you not? I'll tell you how you could not. Oh, No. There's not many Amazon one-star reviews for The Office. I was going to say- I wanted to make sure that I got something in here, because for Super, there's just not that much. Well, it makes sense. There's not that many one-star reviews, and Only sorry. 12 people have seen the movie, so- Yeah, we're two of them now. <laughs> so, uh, for The Office, though, it's a little different. Okay. The way that the one-stars go on this one, because most of the one-stars come from the complete series, that set that came out. Oh, yeah. Apparently, it's packaged shittily. Well, that's- Big shocker. I mean- Aren't all of like the complete editions packaged really shittily? No, not my MASH series. Oh. Yeah. Well. Martinis and Medicine collection. Okay. Pretty well, great. Did you get a special edition one? Because I feel I like- did. Of course I did. When you're a fan, you get a special edition. Right. You don't get the bullshit, let me just slap all the seasons into this thing like they did here. People not understand there's only five episodes in the first season or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, but there's got to be. I'm sure there's a bundle, a special edition bundle that's packaged well. You'd think. And like a not. ream of paper. Maybe. That'd be pretty good, actually. (laughs) There's 47 one-star reviews out of the thousands of reviews out there for that collection. Just about every single negative one says, all of the insides of the cases were broken and the DVD were loose and scratched. Hmm. What I found interesting was we have Amazon Avengers. Never seen it before. No one has ever defended one-star reviews before until The Office in everything I've seen so far. Really? One person says, way to bring the show's score down. Just relay this to Amazon. Get a refund and spare this show the one-star score. Wow, the Office fandom doesn't mess around. It doesn't. Another says, I would go on IMDb or any movie reviewing website for a review of the show. If I bought a book and the front cover was torn off, I wouldn't give an Amazon rating of five stars, no matter how great the book is. If Amazon is being faulty with their packaging, we, as consumers, should know. They're like battling over this. Wow. That's actually not a bad point. It's not. That's a pretty solid review of of the Amazon product there, not so much Office. Yeah, and that happened over and over again. Huh. And there's one man who is the Amazon Avenger. The Amazon Avenger. For a solid six months, every negative review, five times, he copied and pasted. Stop it. This is supposed to be a review of the show itself. And not about the faulty packaging and handling of the discs. Your one-star rating is unfair both to the show and to potential purchasers. Please refrain from the practice in future. Wow. I don't know who's in the right here. I don't know. I never really considered it until this moment. This is fascinating. But that's a moral quandary. Yeah. When you leave a one-star review, are you reviewing Amazon service or the product itself? 
we've done it as both. We've I'm seen both. But now they're, they're like sure. taking a deep dive into this of what is it supposed to be? I think it's on the product, honestly. I do too. But this guy's taking like a stance of like, this show is a five-star show. Why are you giving my one-star show? The, what are you doing? Yeah, what? you can't just do that. I wouldn't. I couldn't have a beer with you. Mm-mm. You and your faulty packaging. Mm-mm. Probably skip all season one. <laughs> Probably stop watching after Michael leaves because you're not a true fan. You're not a true fan. <laughs> you don't know who D'Angelo Vickers is. <laughs> Speaking of Wolf <laughs> Some other one-star reviews from Amazon that are not on the, the moral basis to our usually scheduled programming for The Office, obviously. Right, right. From May 10th, 2016, even if you have unlimited life to waste, don't waste a split second on this show. What? I forced myself through 1.89 episodes of this garbage. Horrible. Not funny and quite literally the swill that accumulates on the bar floor after drinks and vomit are tabulated. Would be more accurate if piss and feces are given a vote from a hole-in-the-wall bar with no restroom. Just shit in general. And I don't say that lightly. And this is my second attempt at trying to enjoy this popular diarrhea of awful. Wow. That was eloquent in its vitriol. Yeah. They did put asterisks for the shit word. Oh, okay. Sure. That's the only thing they did. Sure. To good, clean good for that them. Um, I think they accidentally watched the British version. I don't know about that. It's pretty good. <laughs> for what it's worth. There's two comments on this one. Oh, good. One of them. I don't think it so much defends as it... Hear me out on this one. Okay. This comment says, It doesn't look like you actually bought the DVDs. I can believe you watched 1.9 episodes, but you would have to be pretty dim to watch 189 episodes of a show that you hate twice. So I don't know what he's arguing there. But he says, It sounds like your sense of humor is better suited for Gilmore Girls. I don't care for the Gilmore Girls and wouldn't force myself to watch more than three episodes I've already seen. But I wouldn't write a one-star review full of hate on the show. Get a life and quit being a hater. Speaking of Sean Gunn. It's amazing. <laughs> is Sean Gunn on Gilmore Girls? Yes, he I've is. never seen it. They talk fast. They do. That's all I got for that show. It's it's no faster than The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, probably right. Considering it's the same people. Is it really? I think so. Oh, boy. Just write real fast dialogue. Get the... Yeah. Oh. We only have, you know, so many episodes. Let's fit three seasons in. <laughs> Into one season? <laughs> Into one season. <laughs> The other comment on that one is, can you eat a pile of garbage then compare it to this series? Can you eat it twice to get an accurate rating? Oh, my God. I don't know what's going on here. I can't believe how much these people hate The Office. They hate The Office, but do they hate the people who hate The Office more? It sounds like Like, it. do the fans just, I don't, I just don't understand it. I really don't get it. Also, in typical fashion, here's your non-anything yeah. one-star review. Sure. From March 2nd, 2017. No good. Didn't even last three months. I have one phone that I need this cable for, and both cables have already stopped working. <laughs> Junk. Hope they can make this right for me. Uh, the comment for that is, I think you bought a phone cable, not these DVDs. <laughs> if you can't figure out what product you're writing a review of, I'm not going to blame it on Amazon that your phone cable doesn't work. Unreal. Do you want some one-star reviews for Super? Yeah, we might as well. I mixed in Amazon and IMDb because there's not a lot sure. on either. I wish Amazine would let you. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty good, actually. (laughs) From IMDb on April 21st, 2011. Actually, it was a nice idea to make up a superhero that has no superpowers and is a normal person, just like Kick-Ass and similar movies. (laughs) 
What a raw deal James Gunn got on that because he's been planning this movie for years. Well, it just were, happened to come out the same year. As they Kick did, Ass. and they were both working on the movies at the same time, and they knew about each other. Right. And it, Mark Millar and and James Gunn are buds, yeah. apparently, and they supported each other the whole way through. They're like, you got a cool movie? I got a cool movie. Cool. Cool. And they show the movies at the, each other's movies, right. apparently. That's awesome. That's pretty neat. The rest of this review says, but this movie failed on so many levels. I am too lazy to point out all the dull details, like how he becomes a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> the whole story is written super clumsy. I see what they did there. The actors are okay, and that's about it. The main problem is the whole emptiness of the movie. It has no message whatsoever, and just like my review here, none of the scenes are connected to each other. Um, He's bashing his own review. It has, it has a message. What's the message? The message is, you don't butt in line. You don't sell drugs. Oh, don't butt in line. You don't molest little children. You don't profit on the misery of others. That's a quote from the movie. That he is. bashes a man's skull for butting in line. He sure does. It's like every five minutes, the writer had a whole new idea, but it just didn't fit into the plot. But hey, just put all the scenes together and you have super. It's like a super depressive story with a super depressing ending. I'm glad he bashed his own review halfway through. Yeah, made, made me happy. A lot of supers in that. From April 25th, 2011 from IMDb. Based on the reviews, I expected something like Kick-Ass or Defendor. Oh, boy. Both very good movies. Oh. Instead, I wasted another 90 minutes of my life watching this crap in the hope it would actually get better. If you want to watch a good movie, which has a story about a superhero with no superpowers, watch Defendor. Oh, no. A better quality story all around. Why don't they say Batman? Why doesn't anyone ever refer to Batman when they talk about any of these stories? That's a good question. They should refer to Batman. The but, movie refers to Batman. But Dave, I got I got a question for you. Yeah. It's something I haven't asked you in a long time. Fuck, Mary kill. Oh, no. No. The Crimson <laughs> Bolt, Kick-Ass, and Defendor. Okay. Uh, I'm going to marry Defendor, because I feel like if I either fucked him or killed him, it's a hate crime, because he's- <laughs> Not all, not sure. all there up there, as they say in the movie. Right. Uh, I'll probably fuck kick ass. Yeah, it's probably the right move. Yeah, I would probably feel really bad about myself if Rain Wilson ran to the toilet and puked in it right after I <laughs> fucked him, and think, "What did I do? What did I do wrong, Rain? Right. And who's he talking Rain, to? What did I do? Just wanted to put your nuts in jello. That's my move. Uh, yep. That's that's the move. Yep." I'm I got all this. I'm looking yeah. snarkily at the camera right now. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. What about you? That can't be the right answer. No, I think that's the right answer. Oh, jeez. Now, well, I win. No, you know what? I I take that back. I am gonna fuck kick ass because it makes the most. It sense. It makes the most sense. He's he's the most horned up of the three. Without a doubt, he's not gonna last. Right. Sure. That's what we'll go with that. I need that. I need it to not last. <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna marry the Crimson Bolt. Why? Because in case you run away, be... you know he's going to come running back. Exactly, he'll always come back to me. It'll probably be one of the happiest memories of his life, along with that time that he was like, "You went that way, officer." He's going to like Titanic you. I want to try you, Brian. All right, yeah. The, <laughs> like one of those French girls. Sure. And I'm going to kill Defendor. Why? Um, because why not? All right, that's fair. Actually, you know what? <laughs> right answer also. So realistically, Kickass lives. Yeah. In any situation. Yeah. Makes sense. That all checks out. From Amazon, from February 18, 2015, not nearly as funny as I was expecting. Nothing wrong with the seller or product, just not a fan of the movie. Huh. That's actually a very fair review. It's the most fair review I ever pulled. That's amazing. And I thought it was great. That's a very, I mean, 
Yep. I, you know what? I find that helpful. I would absolutely click helpful for that. Yeah. And I leave a comment saying, could yeah. not put it in my film library, my DVDs, because of the late <laughs> <laughs> It only feels right. From December 22nd, 2012, I felt like Super was trying to be kick-ass but grittier and meaner, meaning less funny asides. Well, I certainly didn't have A, as much watching this as I did kick-ass. In fact, I practically had no fun. So fill in the blank. Fun. With its uncomfortable rape scene and brutal murder sequences, Super is probably the movie to watch if you want to see a crazy person kill people with a wrench. I mean, it's, it's definitely a uh, wrench killing movie. It's my number one favorite wrench killing movie. Wrench murder movie. Yeah. It's uh, Clue. Oh, Clue's great, okay. man. Number two pipe wrench murder movie. How could you not love Clue? I love Clue. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Oh, it's a brilliant What's movie. What's your favorite ending? Ooh, my favorite ending of Clue. I think probably the real one. Which one's the real one? That's the one with um when Mr. Green is part of the FBI, isn't it? And he says, and I'm going to go home and have sex with my, my wife. wife. Yes. So good. Brilliant. Oh, man. It's so, so good. I love that movie. I think it's underrated. Even though I think it's- I agree. Dead on rated. <laughs> but I just want to think it's underrated because it's, it's dead so on brilliant. rated, but I want more people to appreciate it. Yeah. Go see Clue. Don't watch this movie. Go see Clue. Go see Clue for sure. Do they do like midnight showings of Clue like they do Rocky, Rocky Horror? Horror? And The Room? Yeah. They should. Because I would definitely go to a midnight showing of Clue. That would I be... would. And I wouldn't want them to tell me which ending it is. Right. I'd keep going Just back. surprise every How time. How great would that That'd be? That'd be phenomenal. Also, Tim Curry is a national treasure. He's the best. He's absolute best. He's great. Absolute legend. I saw him on Broadway. Really? Yeah. In Spamalot. He was King Arthur. Oh, I that's saw that fun. You know, the initial run. From October 11th, 2011, Super starts out with some hope of a good story, but quickly and violently loses its way by indulging in a strange form of Christianity, false dichotomies, and insanity. All of the Christianity is very tongue in cheek. Yep. It's very heavy handedly not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. It pretty much becomes an anti-story by completely disregarding character development and any need to have the audience sympathize or even understand the main characters. Mm, there's there's a point in there that's being kind of missed, but they're right. What's the point that's being missed? Uh, I That it's supposed to be anti-characters. It's supposed to be an anti-story. I agree. Can you do an anti-story for an hour, 36 minutes, though? I feel like that's probably the right length actually you think so do you think you need to go longer no because i think you need to go lesser i think that's it's, it's that it's a long movie it feels real long at points because the parts where you feel like there should be character development there's just things happening right and they're not growing right it's almost like they're actively not trying to grow anyone but at the same time there is a whole character arc for frank when at the end he's completely changed. He's completely changed because he's over his wife, but now he just it's sad almost. It is sad. It he is has sad. The Indian tear going down his face with the garbage. But he it doesn't even like live in his own head anymore. He lives in the memories that he drew. Right. And that's so 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 sad. That is sad. But also he has lots more memories. Most that we didn't even get to see with his nieces and nephews. Right. Right. Which also doesn't make sense because he for sure would have been prosecuted and arrested and spent the rest of his time in jail. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. There's no way he could have gotten away with any of that. What do you think of the chemistry between Frank and Libby, Ellen Page and Ray Wilson? It's a very weird relationship. I don't think there's any relationship. I don't think there's any chemistry. Exactly. How she is almost, she's like running parallel to each other. Yeah. She's obsessed with this idea that somebody's being a superhero. Right. She's the kick-ass in this story. Uh, is she's, she? she's the one who came up with the idea of... I don't even think she's the kick-ass. I think she the she's the dark mist. Oh. Oh. Or whatever it is. 
Yeah, whatever. The, the red, the mist. red mist. That's it. I think that's what she is, where she realizes there's a place for her. Yeah, but she's actively not trying to connect to the Crimson Bolt on any level until she's trying too hard. Well, she's all gushy. Yeah. Even before that, though, she's like, "You want to make out? Should we make out now?" Yeah, she's really horny. We're in between the panels. She's Danny DeVito levels of horny. That's you're right. She is Danny DeVito levels of horny. Yeah. Wow. Man. I didn't think we'd see that again. No, it it happened. It's and odd. and of all people, Ellen Page. Yeah. You know what? Let's do some super stuff. Let's do super stuff. Uh, I, think I think it's, it's necessary because I I don't know. I'm still feeling this thing out. People, watch this movie or don't. Write in either way. Yeah, but then tell us what you think of weird. it, even if you don't watch it. Or you know what? Write in and you, if you hadn't seen it and just tell us what you think of it. Exactly. <laughs> we call it an Amazon one-star review. Amazine. Setting. I have no idea where this takes place. It was filmed in Shreveport, Louisiana. That's, yep. That's it. Sure. All I got. So. I got nothing for setting. Nothing. It's a zero. Style and tone. Oh, this is the trickiest one that there's it ever been. It's... The style of it, I love his costume. Because it looks handmade. It looks handmade. And it's they show him time. learning to make it, and he makes it, and it looks handmade. It doesn't... Yep. Yes. I completely agree Bolte's with that. Bolte's costume doesn't look handmade. No. It looks like she bought it in a store. Right. Which I believe, given her character, would probably happen. Probably do that. I like how her mask is too big for her. Yeah. That makes fun. me happy. Uh, all right. So style. I think... Yeah. Style's a one. Tone. Style's a one. I think the tone's all over the place. The tone is all over the place. Um, It's got some trauma. It's got... I don't even know what you would call it. I don't even know if this is like, it's got some James Gunn. I don't even know if that's a thing at this point. Because it's this not. Is so because early he goes so Hollywood after yeah. that. Um, Ugh, you can't be surprised what you get with James Gunn. <laughs> right, right. And Anymore, at least. Nobody you, should. Especially no. after this movie. Exactly. I feel like if you heard, I grew up with trauma. Like, red flag. Yeah. Or yellow flag, at the very least. Right. It's like, oh, we're probably going to hire you for two movies yeah. and then fire we love you and bring Kaufman. you back. Lloyd Kaufman. Is everything he does for film brilliant. is- on another level. He's great. The tone of this, like I said, it it shifts. I don't know if it's intentional or not. I don't know if the tonal shifts are meant to make you uncomfortable. I think it is there to make you uncomfortable because when it does shift, it stays with the shift. Right. Which makes me think that it's a director choice. What does that mean for our score, though? I'll go 0.75. I'll think, give it the benefit of the doubt. I think that's that's the fairest we could do there. Hero. Is. Ugh. We legitimately may have a negative. I'm I'm worried about him as a person. Yeah. Uh he's not so much saving people as he is murdering people. Right. Right. He's, he's cracking a lot of skulls. Yeah. I'm gonna go negative point five. I think that's the exact think right. That's exactly totally what I was thinking. Totally fair. <laughs> I was thinking exactly that number. Yeah. Villains. Kevin Bacon. I love Kevin Bacon. And he's a reasonable guy. And it's only when he's pushed too far that he becomes a real dick. Right. He even lets a big drug boss bone his uh yeah. Girlfriend? Yeah. And he feels bad about it. Right. He's like, like he's superhuman about it. He's like, I guess when the when the drug dealers start thinking that your girlfriend's one of the hookers, then it's probably time to get a new girlfriend. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 0.75. I think I like he's that. He's not fleshed out enough for me. But no, no. He could use a little, pretty good. a little more backstory. No, I, I like think, him a lot. Yeah. So. Uh, female characters. Hoof. This is tough. Hoof. Um, because it's really just the three, two. The two, yeah. Really. Liv Tyler doesn't do much. Nope she's she's a recovering drug addict who yeah who has a relapse. Linda Cardellini's in this movie. She is. She doesn't do anything. Nope. She holds a bunny. Yes, she it's does. adorable. You know what? One for that. I'll give her the one. Okay. Uh, Liv Tyler will give a point five because mm-hmm. she just doesn't do anything. But then you have the whole issue with Ellen Page. 
Her issue is she can't stay quiet while doing the murders because she's laughing like a psychopath. Right. And also keeps using Frank's real name. All the time. Another reason why he would definitely be caught. How am I supposed to tell crime to shut up when I can't shut up? <laughs> shut up, crime. It's a great line. I love that line. That's on the poster, and that's kind of what threw everyone off about this movie. Mm-hmm. Ellen Page has to be a negative. You think so? She rapes the hero. We do creepy dudes. We give them negatives usually that's on this true. thing. That's and she's true. a creepy gal. She is creepy, but it's also a subversion of your usual female character. And she plays up to it. I'll go... Uh, flat zero. A flat zero for her. Overall. I think Overall flat, flat zero. zero? I, think, I think it has to be flat zero. I think that's zero. fair. I think that's that's probably right. Story and motivation. The story's there. It's a cool story. It is a cool story. It's followable, except yeah. for like the crazy bits. But even that uh, is like, oh, he was watching TV yeah, earlier. He yeah, yeah. saw that. So The motivation, I think, is he has it. He has it's it. dumb. It is dumb, but- He has it? He's kind of dumb. Yeah, so. point, point five. Point five. Music. Didn't even notice it. Um, I didn't notice a score at all, but occasionally I would notice some of the songs that are in it. Uh, like, don't look it up. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know any of the songs. I just oh, okay. noticed that there were songs playing. I was oh, like, there oh, was that's music neat. in the background. Well, yeah, I mean, with a two and a half million dollar budget, you're not going to have a Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, no one ever will. That's one of the best soundtracks um, of all time. But it's uh, same composer Tyler Bates. Uh, James Gunn uses him for almost everything. Good, he's a good composer. He's great, except in this. Except, uh, yeah, I don't remember anything yeah, in the music zero. in this. Zero, nothing. Impact on the genre. Probably zero. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it really had any. Kickass had the the impact. If you, if I don't want to play that game, but yeah, I think even Defendor made more money. I don't think it did. I think Defendor made like forty four k. Oh, really? Something like that. You are absolutely right. So it made 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 ten percent of what this one. So nothing. Nothing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Big fat zero. Big fat zero. Movie's not doing well. No. Parents. We saw, or is it getting, teamwork? Because uh, it's him and Libby. No, it's parents. It's parents. Uh, we saw him getting beat by his parents. Yep. Early on, we also saw him getting a golden shower as a child. That was odd. That was that was weird. Children pissing on him. Yep. Um, we have no idea if they're alive or dead or not. Not a clue. Sorry. Zero. One liners. Uh, shut up, crime is terrific. Shut up, crime is great. It's enough to get it a point two five. I think so because there's. Nothing else. In there's this thing. there's not a whole lot else that's that's memorable. Right. That's super. After memorable, one though. viewing. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, this is my second viewing and right. nothing. Still, Shut Up Crime stands out. Shut Up Crime is fantastic yep. and absolutely deserves that bump. Uh, 1.75. Yep. Ah, that feels right for this one, sadly. <laughs> yep. That's going to put it below Defendor by yeah. a half point. Oh, well, they're both American and Canadian classics. They're, yep. <laughs> they're, uh, wonderful examples of that genre of superheroes with no powers. You know, like Batman. Like Batman. And the Dark Knight. Right. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, 1 to 100. Fire away. Uh, 12. 49. Really? Weird spot, right? That is uh, 123 reviews. Audience score out of 22,000 reviews is 55%. So this thing hmm. falls right above better than half. Yeah, right in the middle. Our jawless buddy, Roger Ebert, did see this. Our jawless buddy. To bring it buddy. up again. Sorry, Roger. You're mm. a treasure. He really is. He's he something. really, really is. If you ever get a chance... Look up his best reviews of all time. Some of the ones that are just absolute, just teardowns of bad movies and stuff like that. Okay. He's an absolute genius. All right. They're so entertaining to read. Let's look into that. He gave this movie two stars. Two stars? I'm a little surprised about that. Okay. He says, Super is being sold as a comedy, but I doubt it will play that way. It begins as the portrait of a lovable loser named Frank. 
And as it ends, we're pretty sure he's an insane, ruthless killer. <laughs> I don't know where he's ever lovable. Uh, I, I think you, you feel for him. You have sympathy for him, but I don't think he's ever lovable. Yeah. He says, that's not a joke. Maybe writer-director James Gunn intended it as a joke. But after the camera lingers on the young heroine with a third of her face blown off, it's hard to laugh. Just more like half. Yeah, it was a solid half. I almost thought <laughs> it was like a quarter. Quarter face. Quarter face? Yeah. Well, maybe third is right then. Maybe. Split the diff. Yeah, yeah. Ebert also says, I'm all for movies that create unease, but I prefer them to appear to know why they're doing it. Mm. Super is a film ending in narrative anarchy, exercising a destructive impulse to no greater purpose than to mess with us. I think Ebert's on to something. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah. Mm. I think James Gunn knew what he was doing. Yeah. Through and through. And I think, you know what? That's the sign of a good director is if you know what you're doing, your vision comes to life. Right. You got to know the rules to break them. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you, James. Your movie's a 1.75 here. <laughs> and it's a- And it's a two from Raj. And it's a five or a 50% in the hearts of folk. I do have something here for you. Yeah. I don't usually do this. But? I have a review. Of? Of this movie, kind of. Okay. The title of this review by Luke Buckmaster is Shazam was okay, but the 2010 film Super is a truly suburb superhero comedy. I'll fight whoever wrote this. His name is Luke Buckmaster, and you can fight him. But I'm just going to give you the sandwich because that's what we do, right? Yeah. I enjoyed parts of the rambunctious superhero comedy Shazam, but by God, the film is bloated. Director David F. Sandberg would like us to believe that he has a tongue-in-cheek and breezily self-aware attitude towards his own material and understands the film's place in the scheme of things. As one more round of the feather-headed mumbo-jumbo, we have come to expect more tales of undies on the outside do-gooders. What? I don't know. The last paragraph reads, <sighs> Most superhero movies reiterate the fantasy that the world is a sweet place where good ultimately triumphs over evil. Super, on the other hand, delights in offering no assurances of any kind, even that good and evil exist in the first place. Its world, like ours, is populated by thieves and lunatics. To say the film's outlook, not to mention its sense of style, is refreshing, is something of an understatement. So why'd he bash Shazam? I don't know. That's the part that gets me. Out yeah. of all the movies he could have picked. Well, I think this was mostly a Shazam review. I just wanted to see how that, how that felt to you. So why did he bash Shazam? Uh, he said it was bloated. It was too that's long. That's fine. And it that's fine. unnecessary and too self-aware. It's supposed to be. Yeah. Through and through. But why would he compare it to Super? Because he really likes Super. And he thought Super was a better self-aware superhero movie. Well, all right. I, uh, I mean, there's a million other self-aware superhero movies out there. A uh, ton. Like uh, Deadpool. Deadpool. The <laughs> ultimate one. The absolute ultimate one. Yeah. So self-aware that he talks to us. Right. Mid-movie. Right. Hey, I got news for you. Yeah. We're going to see almost all of these actors again in other movies. Yeah, I'm not surprised about that at all. Because it's, you know, the Jimmy Gunn posse. Sure is. I like it a lot. We'll see every single one of them. Except Kevin Bacon, right? Sadly? Uh, nope. We will see Kevin Bacon again. Where? Kevin Bacon will return in X-Men First Class. Well, all right. Wow. Ellen Page will be back in Last Stand in First Pride. Class. Yeah. Linda Cardellini will be back. Wow. In Age of Ultron and Endgame. That's amazing. As Laura Barton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. The only one I think that we do not see again is Liv Tyler, which I'm okay with. Fine. Then again, you never know what's going to happen oh, with Marvel. be careful. No, I think they've pretty much erased the Incredible Hulk from their memory. I don't know. What are we talking about next week? Next week, we're talking about Thor, The Dark World. Well, good thing we got a good movie. 
<laughs> I've never seen it. At least not that I can remember. Um, and now that it's extremely important I in think the this is Marvel gonna be, Pantheon. This is going to be one of those ones where we're like, oh, this is going to suck. And then it's not going to be as bad as we thought. It's like Iron be, Man 3. It's not going to be great. Because Iron Man 3, secret masterpiece. Secret. Shh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. It's but, the best Iron Man movie. But it is definitely the best Iron Man movie. <laughs> um, I don't think we're going to feel that way about Dark World. You don't think so? But it does have Christopher Eccleston in it, and he is- I love Chris Eccleston. Amazing. But maybe not in this movie. No, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about it next second of it, and I don't know if I've seen it. So one of those. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kate Podcasters. You can leave us a rate review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions or comments, you can mail them to katepodcasters at gmail.com. Make sure you check and vote for whatever you want to be the third movie of UBU September. It's probably going to be Suburban Commando. It's really looking like it's going to be Suburban Commando. But we have put up a list of finalists Yep, for movies that you can choose. I don't remember how many are on there, but there's movies. A number of them. For sure. Yep. So make sure you you choose one of those for what we're going to be talking about after Thor Dark World. That should be exciting. Bri, how was your birthday? My birthday was great. Was it? Yeah, Power Rangers. You know. I remember it. I came across something, and I got you a birthday present. Oh, what's that? It felt appropriate in my travels when I was going through, and I saw it, and I said, Bra guy, that's got to be his. And obviously, when this episode comes out, it's strangely closer to your actual birthday than yeah. the Power Rangers one Weirdly. by like a day. Yeah. But happy birthday, bud. Oh, dear. What is this? Oh, no shit. Oh, that's really cool. It That is that is a Moon Knight number one, isn't it? Sure is. Wow. Thank you. Of course, man. <laughs> really cool. It's good old Moon Knight and all of his personalities. Yeah, they're they're there. Cool. Now let's talk about Thor: The Dark World. Thor next week. Oh, you bring me up to kick me down. Yes, I do. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Same pod time. Same pod channel. So, Brian, that's super. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I'm done. That's it. That's as far <laughs> as we need to go. What do you think happens to those credits? Uh, I think we see Frank get on a plane, and it flies him somewhere. He gets off the plane. He's going through the airport. And there's a man standing there with a sign. It says, Frank Darbo. Gets into a, a car, and it brings him to a hotel. And he gets out, and he walks into the front, the lobby, and there's a big sign up that says, Welcome, Darbo Poppington Lazuski family reunion. <laughs> You're saying they're all connected. Yeah, I think they're all related. Oh, because they're nuts. They're, they're all, all little, insane. They're all a little kooky. They're all you, not there up there. Up there. What do you think happens, Dave? What I think happens is that it's a flashback scene. Okay. To before Frank was a fry cook at this diner or okay. whatever it is. Yeah, sure. He's a convenience store worker and he's behind the counter. And he sees a young girl come up to it with a pregnancy test, and she starts shaking it. And he says, that's one doodle that can't be undid, home skillet. <laughs> and this is actually how he met Libby. Yeah. 
<laughs> Instead, she was being called Juno. Juno. Then. <laughs> of course. So it's a prequel. It's a prequel. I love it. Juno's prequel to Super, as we all know. 